Good morning, Reach Church. All right, so if kids want to head out to Reach Kids, they can head out now. All right, there they go. <laughs> sort things out before they go. All right. Uh, all right, good morning. So, uh, so we have finished the Ten Promises, the Ten Commandments. Uh, and I think it was really good for us. Uh, they're hard passages to look at. All right, I, think, I think without a doubt we can say that we don't fulfill the Ten Commandments as we're supposed to. We can confidently say that. And my hope is that that, that led you to, to look at Jesus. To remember that Jesus fulfilled the commandments for us. And that he promises to fulfill them in us. Not just for us, but in us. And we talked week after week about how if we're going to fulfill these Ten Commandments, we, that we're called to, to pursue Jesus and to walk with Jesus and ultimately to, to love Jesus and out of our love for Jesus to, to seek obedience towards the commandments. I hope that's where we all left, that we didn't, no one, no one left here thinking, oh, well, I'm just, I'm just going to do it myself. All right, but I think we also want to give some, some guidelines and some some help in what it looks like to follow Jesus. What does it look like to be in relationship with him? What does it look like to be a disciple and to follow after him? And towards that end, we are going to be looking at uh, one of the most famous disciples in the Bible. We're going to be looking at the life of Peter the Apostle. Peter the Apostle. All right, so who is, who is Peter the Apostle? Uh, Peter is not this like lofty religious guy. All right, Peter's mostly a screw-up. All right, he's a fisherman. He's like a, a normal, normal guy. And he's most known for like putting his foot in his mouth, for being, being really hasty, for doing really dumb things, for cutting people's ears off and, and denying Christ. But he also, he was like walking on water. He's the first to know that Jesus is the Messiah. Like, he gets it, but he's a mess. And my hope is that as we look at this, this series, we're going to see, okay, what does it look like to, to be in relationship to Jesus? And what, what are the expectations? But what, are, what does it, like, it actually look like? Here's a case study. Here's someone who actually did it. My hope is that it'll be kind of a refreshing thing to see someone struggle and mess up and still be in relationship with Christ. Um, but it'll also be encouragement to us to, to pursue Jesus and be in relationship with him to be personal with, with our Savior and not just have this kind of intellectual theological system that we plug like, well, Jesus plus blood equals my salvation and like, I'm, I'm good. No, it's more than that. It's, it's towards the end of loving Jesus. All right, so that's the plan. Today we're going to be looking at, at Peter's calling and his calling. So how did he, he go from not following Jesus to becoming a disciple, walking with him day by day? Now, my hope is that for some of you, you haven't fully made the decision to follow Jesus. That maybe you've, you've kind of been in the presence of Jesus, you've heard the teachings of Jesus, but you don't have this personal relationship yet. And my hope is that, that Peter kind of helps you take the next steps in that, in that process. Now, for those of you who do have a relationship, my hope is that you can kind of map your life onto Peter's. And this is a chance for you to remember how you kind of came to know your first love. 
is that's a really healthy process that uh, when, when couples get together, one of the main questions is, okay, how did you guys meet? How did you guys meet? How did you fall in love? What was the story? And that's actually, it's, it's really good for the relationship. It strengthens the marriage. It, it's a good thing to remember, okay, I actually like this person. And a long time ago, we liked, I used to get along and like, I was actually excited about all this. It's good to remember. And so my hope is that this gives you a chance to, to remember that. And maybe even this week to go home and, and think about, okay, why, why did I fall in love with Jesus? Why is he my first love? To think about how you first started up that relationship and, and how it looks now. So with that in mind, uh, let's pray and then we'll jump into, uh, into Luke 5. So pray with me. Father, we thank you that you, you pursue sinners like us. You pursue messy people. Um, in Jesus. We thank you for, uh, for the fact that you do the calling, that you, you call us and you pursue us, and that you give us relationship with Jesus. Father, I ask that um, you would use this passage and you would use the life of Peter to encourage us um, in our relationship with Christ and that we would fall deeply in love with him. Father, would we uh, be refreshed and, and remember our first love we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, so uh, we are looking at Luke 5. So if you want to turn there, uh, I'm going to not read the whole thing right off the bat, but we'll, we'll walk through it. So if you want to look at Luke 5 with me, if that's helpful, um, we're going to look at how Simon, his name used to be Simon, uh, how Simon, now called Peter, came to know Jesus. So before, just a little bit of context. Uh, Peter had met Jesus before uh, they'd hung out a little bit, but he wasn't a disciple. He wasn't, he wasn't following after Jesus until this story. So Luke 5, verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had got out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, Jesus asked Simon to put out a little from the land. And Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. All right, so everyone has to meet Jesus somehow. Somehow you get in the same circle with Jesus. For Peter, here called Simon, same guy, uh, he happened to end up in the same boat as Jesus. All right, that's not the calling. I don't care if you're sitting right next to Jesus in the same exact boat, listening to his teaching. If you're familiar with Jesus, if you know everything you could know about Jesus, that doesn't mean that you have this personal relationship with him. And Peter, at this point, he could have, he could have been deceived into knowing, like, oh, I, I know Jesus. Yeah, I know him. I've, I've kind of been there. But really, he's just eavesdropped so far. He's been in the same room as Jesus. And I think we have to recognize that, okay, because all of you have, have been here, you've, you've been in the same room as Jesus, you've been in the same boat as Jesus, you've probably heard some of the teaching, you're familiar with them. All right, we need to step, step beyond that. That that's not a relationship with Jesus. You haven't heard the calling yet. Your eyes haven't opened to, to really see Jesus. And as long as it just stands, stays this relationship where, okay, like, uh, yeah, I know of him, then we haven't kind of seen the real gift of Jesus. So, 
at some point, you, it has to become personal. And at this point, Jesus turns to Simon and says this, verse 4. When Jesus had finished speaking, so he's taught speaking to everyone else, now he's speaking directly to Simon. He said, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, of all the things that, that would pursue Simon and, and seek to save Simon, that wouldn't have been what I would have said. All right, you expect Jesus to be kind of this very straightforward, you know, like, oh, by the way, I happen to be a savior. You should put your faith in me. I'm going to die on the cross in like a couple years, and then your, your sins will be washed away. All right, he doesn't say that. It's not always that simple with Jesus. That's when I first started reading the Bible, I expected Jesus to say that to everyone. That he'd just be like, oh, by the way, I'm God, and I died for your sins. Please repent. All right, it, it doesn't say that. In this case, it's a, it's a simple commandment. He gives him a very simple commandment and kind of puts the, puts the ball in, in Simon's court. You have a chance to, to obey this random commandment or not. And notice the stance here. That Jesus starts right from the gates as, as the one giving commandments. As the, the Lord. As the authority. And the scary thing about Jesus is as much as we want to keep Jesus kind of over here and say like, okay, I, yeah, I can believe in Jesus without really submitting to him or obeying him. Maybe I'll just like, he can be next to me. He can be over there. Then we haven't really found a relationship with Jesus. That Jesus, if he's in your life, he has to be Lord. He has to be the authority. And until he is that, we've kept him at an arm's distance. And too often for our whole lives, we can just keep Jesus over here and we can be testing him and like, well, may maybe I'll submit if, I if he's real. But we really just never want to give up and obey him. So Peter, Peter Simon is, is given that opportunity. And what does he do? And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. All right, so he... He's not perfect. His heart is like, okay, I don't really want to do this. This seems stupid, but anyway. But at your word, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. All right, if you, if you always keep Jesus at an arm's distance, you never have an opportunity to actually see what he does and who he is. And Peter could have said, you know what, Jesus, I, how about I just take you back to shore? How about you get out of my boat and I go on with my life? But he, he took the opportunity to obey Jesus and to, to see who this guy really was. And he sees the miracle. A, a very Peterish miracle. I, I wouldn't have gotten that excited about this. I don't know. Uh, but it's like the one that he needed. It's like the, the miracle for the fishermen and He's blown out of the water by this. Have you given Jesus an opportunity to, to show himself to you? To prove he is God? To, to do something different than everyone else has in your life? And when you see, when you see that Jesus, when you see the Jesus as Lord, as God, as the authority, it changes you. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, 
Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. All right, this is, this is Simon seeing Jesus for, for himself for the first time. That before, he was sitting in the boat next to him, but he hadn't really seen Jesus. And when he sees that Jesus is God, that Jesus is Lord, he, he crumbles. He crumbles before the holiness and the power of God. All right, my question for, for you guys is, have you had that moment? Have you had the moment where you've cried out like, I am a sinful man, I'm a sinful woman. That it hasn't been just like, yeah, Jesus is a nice guy, he's a good teacher. No, that he is Lord and he like, he scares you because he's holy and he's different than you are, that you are sinful. Now, if you haven't had that moment, you haven't hit like an essential landmark in becoming a believer. Now, my, my job often is to hear testimonies. So I listen to people's testimonies. And some testimonies have this moment in them where the person, like, they recognize, not just intellectually, I think everyone intellectually can say, like, okay, yeah, I'm probably a sinner. I probably did something wrong at some point. But no, when the person, like, has this moment where, like, deep in their hearts, emotionally, viscerally, they understand that they are a sinner, that changes your testimony. Once that happens in your life, you, you, you can't go back. And I recognize that people come to Jesus for lots of different reasons. All right, so there's people who come to Jesus because they just always came to Jesus. He was always, always kind of there. They've just kind of hung out in the boat. There's people who, who like the teachings of Jesus. That it seems like it would build like a, a good family system and foundation there's people who like the story, that Jesus just seems like a, a nice guy. They like him. But at some point, there needs to be a transition that you, you follow Jesus, not because just you like him, it's because you need a savior. And because you have stood before a holy God and seen your sin. Now, I, I grew up in the church, but I didn't have that moment until I was probably 16. I'd been sitting in the boat, but couldn't say I was sinful. I could say it intellectually, I didn't believe it in my heart. But once, once I knew that and saw that, then I, I couldn't go back. Now, unfortunately, uh, there's, not, there's not much more I can do. I, the, last, the last 10 weeks, we talked about how sinful we all are, week after week after week. So if you really don't believe in your heart that you are sinful, like, I can't do any more to help you. That if that's the case, then maybe your obedience needs to be to go before God and ask him, will you show me that I, I am a sinner? I don't believe it. I know I'm supposed to believe it, but in my heart, I don't. But we need to get to that point or else Jesus actually doesn't make sense. But once we get there, once we get there, once Simon gets there, what, is, what does Jesus say to him? What does Jesus say to this person who's, who's asking Jesus, literally, get away from me. Get away from me because you scare me. I don't want to be destroyed by you. Once you say that to Jesus, what does he say back? And Jesus said to Simon, 
Do not be afraid, for now on you will be catching men. Do not be afraid, from now on you will be catching men. All right, so there's a, there's a twofold thing here. It's that Simon sees his sin and he assumes, okay, now that I see my sin, I need to get away from Jesus and Jesus, Jesus shouldn't be in my presence anymore. I cannot stand by him. And once actually, the, the irony is once you've said that, Jesus wants everything to do with you that he is ready to stand by you. He wants to walk with you when you get there. That once you've seen your sin, he will say to you, do not fear. That's the grace of Jesus. That's giving you what you don't deserve. That's, that's when he wants to offer forgiveness is when you, when you need it and want it. And not only that, but then, then he invites you close. And he invites you to, to walk with him day by day that Simon, this fisherman, is now transformed into a, a fisher of, of humans to go on mission with Jesus, to walk with him day by day, second through second, to live with him, eat with him, to do everything with him. It's only when we're struck to the core that we really get that. Do you know that Jesus? Do you know the Jesus that you, you can just say, I am a sinner? When you say you're a sinner, what do you expect to hear from him? Do you cower before him? Do you, do you try to get away from him? Or do you know the Savior that says, do not fear? My hope is that we know that Savior. That we know the Savior that, that dies for sinners, that doesn't reject them that wants just to, to give the salvation that he has earned already. And how do we respond to that? How do you respond when you've received grace, when you've received love, when you're invited to go walk through life with your Savior, with the King of the universe, verse 11. And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They left everything and followed him. Now that's a terrifying statement because that, that's someone who really understands. And that once we recognize that, that that's our Savior, that that's the one who gives us grace, who loves us unconditionally, if we really understand, we will give everything. We will leave everything. That at that moment, we have clarity. Now that's scary because, okay, Peter didn't know what, what the rest of life would entail. All right, the rest of his life following Jesus was mostly just him being rebuked and seeing all of his sin and seeing what a screw-up he was. And that's okay. That, yeah, he received grace that day. He would re receive grace the next day. That this is a Jesus who, who wants to walk with him, who wants to show him grace again and again and again. Did Peter recognize that he would, he would suffer with Christ? Maybe not. We're actually like, that's where we're, we're not given any guarantees of what this life will look like. But we're given, we're given the person of Jesus to walk with him, be in relationship with him, to live life under, under the, the grace of this, this Savior who is with us. Who is with us.
All right. So he does it. He does it. He jumps in. He gives everything. And he has this like amazing Christian life, as good as it can get. All right. So he, he, sees, he sees the calming of the storm. He literally walks on water. He sees the transfigured Jesus in all, in all of his glory. He has this amazing experience. He sees, he sees both, both the death of Jesus and his resurrection. He has seen the resurrected Savior. And at this point, okay, we ask, okay, what's it, what would it have been like? What happens after you see all of that? If you see all of the things that Jesus has done, if you'd walked with him for three years, how different would you be? And there's this weird story at the end of John. At the end of John, after it's all been said and done, after he had actually seen Jesus resurrected, and where do we find Peter? We find Peter back in the boat. He is back in the boat exactly where he started when he first had a relationship with Jesus. That virtually nothing has changed. So look at John 21 with me. John 21. John 21.1. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee and the two others, his disciples, were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said, we'll go with you. And they went out, got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. All right, this sounds similar to the story we just read. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And so they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. All right, so. So Peter has seen everything that you can see. He's had the most intimate relationship with Jesus of, of anyone who walked the earth. And yet, from calling to post-resurrection, we see him in exactly the same spot. That he's not, he's not a fisherman. No, he went back to being, being a fisherman. A normal old fisherman sitting in a boat. And that, that's, that's the reality of the Christian life. Is that we think that, that it starts with this calling. And then after that calling, we have faith in Jesus. And then we just shoot up like saints into the stars. And we're like just glory rockets becoming perfect and more perfect. And we, we, we can leave Jesus in the dust because we don't need him anymore. We're, we're perfect. We, we got our blood of Christ. And, and now we're going to be Jesus's in our own right. All right. I know like that none of you would say it that way, but that's like honestly what we think. And we, and we have all these setbacks and we wonder like, oh, maybe I'm just not a Christian. Maybe I'm just terrible at this. Um, Peter was terrible at this. He was terrible at this. And here he is right where he was before. All right, and we wonder, okay, that's, that's discouraging, Peter. We don't want to hear that. We, like, want to do better. All right, what's different about Peter at this point? What's different about him? All right, look at his response, verse 7. 
The disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. All right, Peter's, Peter's maybe doesn't look that different on the outside. He's still in the boat. He, he hasn't embraced his mission, but how does a sinful man respond to Jesus now? Whereas before he wanted to get, get away from Jesus, get away from me. This is Peter throwing himself into the water that he wants nothing more than to be next to Jesus. To be by his side that sinners receive grace next to Jesus. He didn't become this great holy man. He, he realized what a sinner he was. Throughout the, the Ten Commandments, this series, like we saw what sinners we are. And then we were a lot worse than we thought we'd be. Peter never thought he was going to deny the Christ. He, he literally said to Jesus, like, I'm, I'm going to be the only one who, who will stand by you. He's not. He didn't. But one thing he learned, he really does believe now that Jesus has grace. That Jesus has grace for sinners and he wants nothing more than to be next to Jesus. So, that he, so, so therefore he throws himself into the water so he can spend like five more minutes with Jesus ahead of the other disciples who just take their boat immediately to Jesus anyway. But like, that, that's how his heart has changed. And we should test ourselves and say, okay, am I willing to be a sinner with Jesus? Am I faster to run to Jesus now than I was three years ago? Am I more confident that Jesus has grace for me now than I was five years ago? Am I more willing to see my sin because I know that Jesus is more of a savior and more gracious with me? It might look like Peter is flat. Like, no, no, he's, his heart has changed. And he loves Jesus and wants to be with Jesus. And my prayer for us would be that more than anything else, that we would see that Jesus himself is the true gift of, of our faith. That he is the prize. He is the outcome. He's the reward. And that more than anything else, we would just want to be with him. So what do you do with this? What do you do with this? All right, if you are a believer, remember your story. Remember why you came to Jesus in the first place. This is a time to reflect on your first love. How you got there. And to check up on yourself. Okay, like, did I have the moment where I realized I was sinful? Did I have the moment where I realized Jesus was gracious and that it wasn't about me, it was what Jesus had done? And then, like, how can I walk with Jesus this week? How can I walk with Jesus today and tomorrow? That that's the power to, to go through this Christian life with joy, is to go with Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that That we, we continue to be sinners and you continue to have grace for us in Jesus. And that we don't just get one calling and one shot and then a, we have to shoot towards perfection. But you continue to call us and you continue to pursue us. And you, 
you continue to offer us the same grace and the same salvation that you offered before. Father, I ask that you would change our hearts. That you give us uh, obedience to pursue Jesus and walk with him and that when we do, we would enjoy those times. I pray that, that throughout this week that we would find chances to connect with Jesus and to be with him and that we'd be refreshed and rejoice in, in the opportunity to be with our gracious Father, would you would you give us new eyes to see the cross and the resurrection and the things that Jesus has done for us that we may enjoy his presence for five more minutes and we jump out of the boat to do that.